0: Rick Stevens, financial advisor with FRS Financial Group, securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.
1: For more detailed information regarding any of the topics discussed on today's show, please call 719-500-8700. This is Money
0: Matters, presented by FRS Financial. Here's your host, Rick Stevens.
2: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of Money Matters, presented by FRS Financial Group. Rick Stevens here as your host. This is your show. Remember, if you've got a question you would love to hear answered on a future show, if you've got a topic that you would like to hear us talk a little bit about, feel free to give me a call at 719-500-8700. You can also go to the website, frsfinancialgroup.com. Go to that contact tab in the top right corner. You can send us that question. You could send us that message. You could even shoot me an email, rstevens at frsfinancialgroup.com we would love to hear from you well folks this week we are in studio as always with andrew rogers andrew you got to be feeling pretty good
1: today after the uh, the lions game this weekend yeah just trying not to get over the skis but uh that kool Aid's tasting a little bit better every week i can
2: i can imagine that uh, imagine that as well how, uh, how how is your lawn
1: looking these days yeah, all right. A little dormant. Uh a little white earlier in the week, but uh it's I mean it's there. It hasn't blown away
2: yet. That's that's a good thing. That's a good thing, folks. Ben Fisk, owner of Fisk Lawnscapes, is in the studio with us today. Ben Welcome back to the show. Hey, it is good to be back in studio with you, Rick. Yes, and and the uh, the key to that is in studio, because the last time you were here, I was supposed to be in studio, but instead I was in Flagstaff. That's right, so So it was just
0: me and Andrew last time. Yeah, in the greenhouse. Yes.
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, folks, before we get started here, we do have to give out that uh, disclaimer that FINRA and the SEC likes, which is that LPL Financial and FRS Financial do not endorse the guests appearing on Money Matters, but Ben... We're still glad you're here with us, anyway.
0: Well, thank you.
2: <laughs> and uh, you know the 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 wonderful thing here uh, this week, folks, on Money Matters, we are talking about lawn care, talking about lawn maintenance.
0: It is the winter, but. There's still stuff we've got to do in the winter, right, Ben? There's still plenty to do in the winter. I know most of you just want to sit back and sip your cocoa and coffee inside and just look outside, but it is still good to do a few things in your yard here in the off-season. Yes,
2: yes. And and one of those things that, uh, that I kind of look around at every once in a while, because like Andrew, my lawn is pretty much asleep. Uh, you know, there might be a couple little green pieces here or there, but for the most part, it's... It's brown, it's relaxing, but I actually (laughs) still see neighbors with mostly green lawns. Um, Am I doing something wrong, or, or did they put something on they shouldn't have?
0: Well, you know, if they have AstroTurf, it could be that uh, it is fake grass. So that is uh, option one there, Rick. But uh, no, most yards at this point are going to start turning that real brown color. Uh, Even your neighbors who have a little bit of green, you'll see here with this cold weather that we've been having, that lawns will go dormant at this time of year. And that's exactly what they should do. Do because what they're actually doing, they're not just relaxing, they're actually storing up some energy and those resources to pop green for you come springtime.
1: And speaking of popping up, uh, I assume by now, because obviously this week was pretty cold, that if you haven't winterized your sprinkler system yet, you're probably going to have a little bit of issue going on. You're probably (laughs) going to be regretting that decision just a little bit. Yes. With this cold weather, you definitely make sure that that
0: irrigation system has been winterized. If you haven't done it yet, it's really too late because at this point, everything in the ground will be frozen. Uh, So your sprinkler heads would be frozen, your pipes would be frozen. uh, And, uh, you know, kind of the only thing to do at this point is to wait for it to thaw and then see what damage possibly, uh, you know, has occurred. Uh, There are some systems out there that have some self-draining things. So if you generally don't winterize your system, you might be okay. Uh, and even the pipe that most folks install is a black poly pipe and it can handle some of that freezing without splitting. Uh, but you really don't want to roll the dice, uh, on that very often. Uh, but we often talk about the backflow as well, Andrew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't, uh, Quick drained your backflow at this point it will be completely frozen and uh, you will have an expensive mess uh, repair on your hands.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely something you want don't want to deal with come next spring. Definitely, yeah. And so if you if you have forgotten and this uh,
0: you're listening and you're just reminded to uh, go turn off your outside water, you definitely want to turn that off before it thaws, uh, because we have yes. definitely seen this time of the year. Uh, I've had a couple of customers who have sent me some pictures. They had left the water on accidentally. Oh, no. It freezes. And then at some point when it warms up enough during the day, it thaws and then you have gushing water coming off the side of your house, uh, because that water valve inside your house is still on.
2: Ooh, ooh no, uh, no fun with, with that sort of thing. So yeah, definitely, definitely want to have that water shut off if we haven't already. Uh, but but Mother Nature gives us some water here in the in the winter, even though we get most of it right during the spring. That's our that's our heavy wet snow parts. Uh, but but now even with that that lighter snow, even if we get an inch, two inches, you know, maybe we can see somewhere, uh, you know, between now and, and and the springtime, we might even see a couple of of decent snowfall amounts. What should I actually be doing? With my snow, you know, I'm taking it off the sidewalk. I'm taking it off the uh, uh, the driveway. Is is it fine to just have it like piled up on the sides there, or or should I be kind of thinking about? You know, I don't want this 2-foot pile right next to the
0: driveway. Let me see if I can throw that a little further into the yard. Sure, you know, uh, since we're talking about snow, before we before I answer your question, let's talk about kind of that moisture content that's in the snow that has fallen recently. Oftentimes in November-December, most of the storms that come through are a very dry snow. And so actual water equivalent of that snow is not very high. And so in terms of actual water for your yard or for your landscape, a little bit of snow that fell this week, for example, really had hardly any water in it, and so it's not going to suffice for your for your winter watering. Uh, but to your question, as it does snow and you shovel that off, uh, it is good to get it onto your landscape. Uh, what you don't want to do is create one big two. But pile of snow, (laughs) uh, you're better off spreading it around a little bit. And so as you're shoveling it off, if you can toss it a little further into your sod area around your plants, that's generally going to be just fine. You want to avoid areas where it's not going to melt all year. So if you have a north-facing driveway, you already have a challenge, uh, as, as people know here in Colorado, uh, but you want to go ahead and shovel that snow somewhere where it's going to melt a little bit sooner. If you leave the snow, say on a patch of sod for the entire winter, because it's North facing, uh, what's going to happen is, uh, you may have some winter kill underneath there because it's not getting any sun. You also may have some varmints that want to come live underneath there, some voles, some pocket gophers, because they like that dark, uh, kind of quiet area of your yard and so uh, yeah we definitely don't recommend you know putting it in in the shadow of the eve or something like that if you can shovel a little bit further that's gonna be best sometimes you don't have a choice and uh, totally totally get that but if you can shovel it even you know, a few days after a big storm you maybe pop back outside shovel some of that snow further into your your your, uh, your yard, then you're going to have a benefit there of some of that water getting into other parts of your landscape.
1: And Ben, on the you know kind of uh, inverse of that, are there any uh, spe- specific things those of us that have the south-facing lawn should uh, keep in mind while we have all that extra time not shoveling? Right. So the biggest thing you're going to really need to watch out for is winter
0: kill due to the sun on the south side of the street. So what that means is you're going to have to do more winter watering than your neighbor that's on the north side. Uh, so if you're, you have a lot of sun exposure, it's going to be really, really important to get some winter water onto the sod area, onto the trees, onto your shrubs. Uh, and just as a quick reminder for those of you uh, who are listening about winter watering, we want to make sure we do that when it's 40 degrees or above, which in Colorado we get plenty of those days that are 40 degrees or above. Then you want to bring that hose out of your garage look it up and then go ahead and water your entire landscape especially focusing on those areas that are getting hit with a lot of that winter sun. It's so dry here in Colorado, humidity levels are low especially in these months of November, December, January, so you definitely want to get water on there once per month when it's 40 degrees or above. And
1: how long should we be doing that? Is that something where we maybe do a little extra time or maybe what we have set up on the timer for our normal water?
0: Yeah, so definitely extra time is going to be is going to be real good because what you want to do is a real deep soak. And so because you're only doing it once a month you want to be sure and let that water really percolate deep into the to to the roots of that sod uh, so you know for example andrew in your yard i would recommend turning on a sprinkler for about an hour uh, to really let that percolate all the way down then maybe water some of your trees and plants next and then actually come back and hit that same area of sod for another hour uh, a little bit later on in the day if you start getting a lot of runoff then you want to go a little bit shorter because we don't want water running down the street and and, and wasting water that way
2: and and Even when we're watering in the winter, 40 degrees and above, still got to remember to unhook
0: that hose at the end of the day. At the end of the day, really important, not only unhook your hose, but then go and take that hose and put it in your garage. Because the next time you go to winter water three or four weeks down the road, your hose will be frozen and you'll spend all day thawing your hose and then you won't actually get your winter watering in. (laughs) So drag those hoses inside. I know it's a little bit more work, uh, but it's really the number one thing that you can do for your yard in the off season. In Colorado, Colorado Springs, super important to get some of that water onto your landscape, onto your trees. Soak those trees. It's really going to make a big difference uh, as we come into the spring. All right. Well, folks, we are up against that first break in the
2: show. Stick around. We will be right back.
3: Does stock market volatility have you wondering which way is up? Do the talking heads and doomsayers have you wondering if this really is the end? If you want straight answers from an advisor who isn't just trying to sell you something, call FRS Financial Group at 719-500-8700 to schedule your complimentary appointment today. And remember to tune into Money Matters presented by FRS Financial Group here on KRDO, Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday at noon. Products and services offered through LPO Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Well, folks,
2: thanks for sticking around with us through that break here on Money Matters presented by FRS Financial Group. Rick Stevens here in the studio with Andrew Rogers. Ben Fisk in with us this week talking about landscaping. And, and Ben, I want to hit this segment in looking ahead, right? Doing some of that planning for for the spring and the summer. And I guess the, the first question is... Is it too early to start my spring and summer plans in terms of the things I want to have my yard and my outdoor living space looking like for next year?
0: You know, it is never too early to start that planning process, Rick. And so, uh, yeah, definitely time to start kind of considering what do you want to do here for 2023? And, uh, you know, some of those design considerations that we often uh, talk about with clients, uh, as we go out to their property, take a look at what what they have going on, uh, or if it's over the phone, is you know how are you going to be utilizing the space? Uh, is it a backyard? Is it a side yard? Is it a front yard? Uh, if it's a backyard, uh, do you have kids? Do you have dogs? Are you going to be uh, you know, utilizing that for a party of 45 people. Are you going to be, uh, hosting a large events, small events, or maybe, you know, you just want uh, a hot tub area for you and your wife out there. Um, and so kind of just figuring out, Hey, how am I going to use this space out there in my yard? Um, and then looking at some other things as well, do, is there any areas that I need to screen? Um, is there any, are there any views that I don't want to screen? Uh, Do I have a neighbor's window that's pesky that's looking straight down on my patio area that I want to put a tree or something uh, in? And then also, you know, looking at kind of that idea of year round color. Um, do I have uh, shrubs and trees and stuff planned to where, you know, I have different interests kind of in different parts of the of the year, right? So right now we're in the winter. And so do I have something in my yard that looks nice at all? You know, maybe a, a barberry, for example, would look nice out there or some ornamental grasses or some evergreen trees to kind of give you some of that green interest in the winter months.
2: So So what you're saying is if I've got a yard full of the scrub oak, that is all dead at this point in time or dormant because it's not technically dead, right? right? It's dormant right right. right
0: now. I might want to be thinking about, you know, what would make this look better next winter? Right. Yep. So you want to be thinking about uh, all seasons, not just the season that you're planning it (laughs) in. Uh, So definitely uh, important to think about. And uh, yeah, you know, I think some of, uh, you know, just as a, as a homeowner contacts us, um, you know, it's not something that they do every day. Right. And so it's helpful sometimes just with that consult of like, asking some of those questions and it kind of gets some of those wheels turning. But we often just say to a customer, Hey, walk out into your backyard, close your eyes or open your eyes and imagine what this space might look like. Maybe they really love, um, you know, outdoor kitchen idea. Maybe they really love an outdoor grill space. Maybe they like a fire pit. Uh, maybe they want a pergola cause the sun beats down, you know, from the West, they're kind of the backyards facing West. They need like a pergola to help create some of that shade. Um, and so we just, you know, imagine what this space might look like, you know, or jump on online, right. And click through Pinterest or some of the other sites out there of, uh, some landscaping ideas and kind of start formulating some of those. And then, you know, we can certainly jump in and provide our expertise as well.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you'd mentioned the whole concept of year-round color as well. And I know it's something at least, you know, I've seen a lot in my neighborhood getting a little bit more popular is that AstroTurf, obviously green year-round. And uh, when it comes to maybe going down that route, knowing the uh, water challenges that we face here across the southern Colorado, what are some of the things that people may not be aware of with uh, kind of the ever-changing technology? Absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, AstroTurf or
0: fake grass has come a long way in our industry. Uh, And it's uh, something that we have seen just a lot of uh, over, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the course of this season. Uh, You know, a lot of people are interested in that in that AstroTurf. Um, So that's definitely a trend that we see. Uh, A lot of people are putting in their backyards for their kids to play on, uh, you know, to have that soccer space. Uh, Or, you know, maybe it's an area where they want to do a putting green, you know, we've done a couple of those. Um, And so that's a really nice trend.
1: Yeah, and you know, and I have, you know, two small kids, especially not like, you know, Rick's full baseball (laughs) team on the other side. But uh, it's it's only
2: a basketball team with one on the bench in case we get in foul trouble.
1: (laughs) I'm just trying to make sure, you know, because I remember, you know, back in the day, it was always kind of that hard, you know, really, you know, like you're going to get hurt with this. But it's much more easy to play on and uh, safe for kids, right?
0: It is. I mean, you can still get the rug burn on there for sure, but it definitely is a little bit softer. It's not quite like, just green carpet, you know, and so um, it's got some of the rubber chips in it, some of the sand in it, and it definitely cushions that blow a little bit. Um, so it definitely is nice for those kids to run and play on. And, uh, you know, you see a lot of the athletic fields are starting to transition over to this as well. Uh, some of the parks around here mm-hmm. and then a lot of the uh, soccer venues in different places is, is, is that turf.
2: Yeah, and that's that's also one of those things when when we are kind of taking into consideration you know what we what we dream of when we look at the backyard and I'm sure that for most folks it's not the bricks and ivy that, that I think about when when I look at my space. <laughs> uh, Ridley Field, anybody? Uh, uh, perhaps, perhaps just a little bit. But if we're thinking about that, right? We've got the younger kids and and we've got a an open spot that maybe we would like to. Put some of that uh, play-type equipment, whether that's a Costco thing, whether that's we've gone the commercial route and and bought some stuff. But, but having that turf and that softer surface is a good thing to put under that, right?
0: It is, yes. Yeah. So you could put turf underneath there. You could also do playground chips is a pretty popular um, kind of surface material for that play area. Um, you know, if you do sod underneath that, everybody's seen the swing sets, you know, <laughs> that have the ruts and yes. uh, not necessarily the best idea to do that. Um, but yeah, you could do sand, you could do pea gravel, you could do another type of gravel. Uh, if you want something softer, you know, the AstroTurf is not a, is not a bad idea. The artificial turf uh, or, you know, like I said, the playground chips, probably the most popular is definitely that playground chip idea. Awesome.
2: Awesome. So, So coming back to sort of that planning concept right now, how far out are you guys already scheduling? Is it is it too early right now? If I say, "Hey, I want to do this in the spring," sure. is it too early to call right now?
0: No, it is not too early to call at all. In fact, uh, you know we're already booking jobs for the spring, and so now is a great time to call and kind of start this process. If you want the job done in spring, you need to get on our books asap. Uh, you know, because really at this time of year, there's just a lot of people planning. In fact, we've seen over the last few weeks, um, you know, more people are starting to think about now 2023, uh, probably, you know, from that budgeting idea, uh, but it's it's a great time to start, um, you know, that way we're not in a huge rush. We can kind of go through the process of design and bidding and estimating. And then you kind of have a good idea of, Hey, this is what I'm going to spend on the yard.
2: Yeah, And in in that process, it's, it's important to talk to a variety of folks out there, right. To, to, uh, not just find different bids, but to find the right place that, that you really, uh, that that you really connect with Mm -hmm. and and can have that good relationship in the building of your space.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We always recommend, you know, a client reaching out to a couple, three different landscaping companies, uh, to kind of see, Hey, do I, do I like this person by connecting with this company? And as you go through the process, you'll learn more and more about, uh, you know, the, the different companies and the different. Uh, things that they are bringing to the table. Uh, but, you you know, as you're considering different contractors, different landscaping contractors, uh, you want to look at some of those things like do they belong to any, uh, you know, associations? Do they belong to, you know, for example, ALCC, the Associated Landscape Contractors of Colorado? Uh, you know, that's something that we belong to. And I sit on that state board um, and it, it provides, right, some context, some professional certification uh, for us, some uh, credibility, you know, in the landscaping industry. Uh, that we're not just, you know, uh, operating out of the back of a pickup truck with a <laughs> wheelbarrow, you know, um, and you know we're fully licensed and insured and all those kind of things. Um, and so, as you're exploring that with people, you want to be asking some of those questions. Um, you know, the insurance one, for example, you know, you don't want somebody uninsured working on your property. Right. Um, and then also just looking at things like the Better Business Bureau, you know, do they belong to the Better Business Bureau? Do they have a good reputation in town? Uh, do they have a good online reputation? Some of those things um, that is just good common sense as you're going through this process.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, we also have talked a lot about, you know, that planning as well. Obviously, we know spring is going to come, hopefully sometime soon. Uh, (laughs) You know, for those existing lawns as well, you know, as we're out there looking, maybe, you know, starting some of the planning, what are some other big misconceptions that uh, people might have as far as making sure everything's ready to go for the upcoming spring and summer months? Because a lot of people just assume, (sighs) turn on the sprinklers and you're good to go. Right. You can't just uh, ignore
0: your yard for six months, Andrew, and expect it to look nice. So you're going to have to get out there and do something this weekend. So (sighs) Uh, <laughs> it's a little cold this weekend. It won't be 40 degrees, as I've heard multiple times. Wait for 40, wait for 40. Wait for 40, yes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's things that you want to do in your yard in the off-season. We've talked about, you know, this the idea of winter watering, really important to do that winter watering when it's 40 degrees or above. I'm glad you remember that. And, uh, you know, to kind of soak all of your uh, shrubs and trees and all those kind of things with that winter watering. Um, you know, you want to get out there and do any of your corrective pruning. Right. So anything like your uh, shrubs that need pruned, your perennials that need deadheaded, your ornamental grasses that need cut down. You can still wait a little bit on those ornamental grasses if you want to wait until, say, Valentine's Day or, 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 or whatnot. Uh, but definitely important uh, to, you know, get out in your yard. Uh, maybe, you know, rake up your grass, rake up the pine needles. Uh, maybe you haven't finished your fall cleanup just yet. Um, so there are things to kind of take a look at. Uh, I know you just want to be inside, right? Sipping hot cocoa, but it's good to get out in the yard and get some of those things done or else you're gonna have a lot of work to do six months down the road.
2: Well, you know, the uh, Andrew says, you know, we're hoping spring's coming. We're, we're only about 60 days from the four greatest words in the English language.
0: Yes, Rick, I knew you might bring this up uh, either today or on the next show. Uh, but uh,
1: it is coming. Yes. 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 yes.
2: And, and Andrew, do you know what those four greatest words are?
1: What? Pitchers and catchers report? Those are <laughs> the four greatest was... words in the English language. In no about one knew I figured if I hit baseball, it would probably be within the vicinity.
2: Uh, yes. Yes, indeed. But even though we are about 60 days out from the start of spring training. How early is too early to do some of that, uh, I guess I'll say that pre-preparation, right, in the yard to get that lawn looking good? How early is too early for things like aerating and overseeding and maybe a little spring fertilizing?
0: Yeah, so while your yard is frozen, you want to avoid pretty much all of that. Uh, it's pretty hard to aerate frozen ground. Uh, <laughs> so you want to wait till we hit closer to springtime. And so I'm talking kind of in that April 1st idea, uh, once that yard is frozen, is is thawed and then it's also moist right so what you don't want is to try to aerate a cold, dry yard. It's not gonna work very well. So you wanna wait till we get some of that, you know, after a big spring storm, um, after you've done some of that winter watering, uh, maybe as you're turning that irrigation system back on come April 15th, that's a great time to start with that aeration and that fertilizing, maybe that overseeding, some of those things. But really before then, you wanna, you don't wanna do that because what you don't want is a deep, hard freeze on those roots after, uh, after you do that aeration. And so uh, the goal of that aeration is to kind of hit it in that spring timeframe. Um, and that's also just a good opportunity to do that spring fertilizer on there. Maybe you have some bare patches of your grass. Um, so you can kind of start planning for, hey, I'm going to overseed, you know, this part of my front yard. I'm going to get a couple bags of topsoil. I'm going to put down a little bit of topsoil. I'm going to put down some seed. I'm going to give this area some TLC as we move into April, May.
2: Yeah, and and when it comes to really sort of taking care of that uh, corrective pieces in the yard because sometimes some of us, yes, we do have lots of children and they like to play out there and, and they can be pretty rough. What, what are some of the best grasses we can put down that they're not just going to run through once and totally destroy.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, a blend of uh, Pikes Peak bluegrass is not a bad option. It kind of gets a little bit of a bad rap, but it's actually a pretty good grass. Uh, and also some of your fescues, your tall fescues, some of those other fescues are, are good as well. So check in with, uh, you know, some of our local sod and seed suppliers. Uh, they always do a great job. Uh, you know, we utilize Greenbelt Turf Farm a lot. Um, so reach out to, to them and uh, you can get sod or seed uh, from them or from some other great local companies as well
2: awesome well folks we are up against that next break in the show when we come back we are going to talk about some of those mistakes that that homeowners make and and hopefully how to actually stay out of some of those landscape magazines oh my goodness would you believe this yard uh, pictures because <laughs> i'm sure those exist right ben? they
0: do exist and i have seen plenty of them
2: awesome so folks stick around through the break we will be right back
3: Money affects each of us in different ways. Sometimes it's a source of stress and fear. Sometimes it's a source of comfort and security. Whatever your perspective, it's always good to get a second set of eyes on your finances to help serve as a guide. If you are looking for that guidance, call FRS Financial Group at 719-500-8700 to schedule your complimentary appointment. And remember to tune into Money Matters presented by FRS Financial Group here on KRDO, Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday at noon. Products and services offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.
2: Well, folks, thanks for sticking around with us through that break. Rick Stevens here with you on this week's Money Matters. Talking with Ben Fisk of Fisk Lawnscapes. And Ben, we're, we're at the part where... I want to talk about some mistakes that folks make. Uh, sometimes they are the big mistakes. Sometimes they're small mistakes that we don't necessarily think of. But let's talk about some mistakes that you guys have seen and, and quite frankly, like to correct.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. So oftentimes when we're out uh, out and about driving around, we see some of those uh, exciting mistakes out there in the field. Uh you know, let's talk about trees for a minute. You want to put the right tree in the right spot. And uh, we see oftentimes trees that are planted five feet from the foundation. Mm, and you're like, mm. how did that happen? Uh, or the tree that has now grown uh, and is blocking your view yes, of Pike's yes.
2: Peak. We, we've had that conversation before where, you know, my house was built in 1994. And I'm sure that in 1994, when they put that six-foot pine tree there, it looked great but it's 2023, and it now
0: takes away that beautiful Pikes Peak view from the second floor. Exactly. And this goes back to just you know design considerations as you know, you're know you thinking about what to put in your yard. And one of the reasons, frankly, why you should hire a professional. Uh, as we go through the design process, we're thinking through some of those questions of what's this tree going to look like here in 15 years. Maybe it was really cute at the nursery at Home Depot when we planted it and bought it. Right. But it's not so cute and little anymore. (laughs) And now it's really outgrown its space. Uh, And so definitely kind of one of those things that uh, you either want to hire a professional um, or perhaps, you know, you want to get educated yourself, right? So uh, we recommend people go down to the local nursery. There's some great local nurseries here that have people that will spend an hour or two with you, educating you on the right kinds of trees and plants for your yard and so, uh, you know, some of those things that you want to take into consideration when it comes to the, like the planning and, the, and especially within kind of this plant idea, the tree idea is uh, what elevations are you at, right? right? So we have a huge difference between downtown Colorado Springs and up in Winsome Ranch on the Palmer Divide. Uh, you have a 1,000 feet or more of elevation change. And so a tree that maybe does well in downtown is not going to do so well up at that high elevation with wind that's blasting it like it has been all week, right? So, um, you know, you want to kind of think through some of those things. What's the microclimate of the particular area that you are in within El Paso County? Again, are you at 7,300 feet? Are you at 6,000 feet? Um, and you know, we're talking about trees, but the same is true for shrubs, right? There's some shrubs, um, that will do okay in one area and maybe not okay in another. And then just looking at things like your sun exposure, you know, sun versus shade. Uh, and then, uh, the water needs of, of plants are going to be different as well. If you have some plants that are in a drainage area, for example, there's some plants, shrubs that are going to thrive in that environment. And there's some that are going to actually die because they're getting too much water in that drainage environment. Um, and so these are all just like things blunders maybe that we see on a regular basis of just the wrong type of plant or shrub or tree that we see in areas where you're like oh man we really should have planted something else there
2: right and it's and it's not just a a local if i can say it that way elevation issue but you know as a, as a kid who grew up in the midwest it was actually just back there recently with the oak and the maple and the hickory that that's not typically the midwest trees aren't going to do well where we're at
0: right well it depends some of them do well here and some of them do not do well here (laughs) right so uh and then there's some different cultivars too you know and so uh general rule of thumb you know if you go down to the local nursery and you can't find a tree rick it's probably because you shouldn't be using it um it's probably because it's one of those things uh if you can't find it you know it, it probably doesn't thrive here um, you know, but we look at, you mentioned maples, one of my favorite trees, um, uh, you know, an autumn blaze maple, for example, they tend to do really well here. And so, uh, kind of looking at some of those different cultivars, uh, versus maybe a type of tree like, a you know, uh, red maple or, uh, you know, maybe a coffee tree or some of the, some of the ones that maybe will do ish. Okay. You know, but they're gonna, they're not going to necessarily thrive or they're going to just take a lot of babying to kind of keep looking, looking good.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's that's one of those things that, that I always wonder about, you know, because as a kid who grew up, had the woods right behind the house, not seeing those trees out here quite so much, you, you just go, I think there might be a reason for some of that.
0: Right. Yep, exactly. And, uh, you know, the same is true, again, with your ornamental grasses and different things like you want to, you know... Do, you, do your research if you're going to do it yourself, right? So if, if you as a homeowner are like, hey, I'm going to do my own yard, go down to the nursery, you know, get educated. Or if you're like, I don't really have the time for that. I'm hiring somebody for this. Then then you want to hire a professional who understands some of these concepts that we're talking
2: about. right? And, and very similarly in, in the lawn as a whole, right? Because the grass that I could grow in Illinois or <laughs> folks that have moved from Florida, that's not the kind of grass you're going to be able to really have a nice thriving yard with here without... An extraneous
0: amount of work, right? And you know, we see that again with people who are moving here from out of state, uh, who come in, they buy a house, and they're like, "Oh, we just throw down grass seed, and it grows." Right? Nope, It doesn't happen in Colorado. <laughs> you got to have good soil. You got to have good irrigation. You have, you have to have good, you know, sod or seed uh, that you're putting down. A, you know, a nice, uh, you know, Pikes Peak bluegrass blend or something like that uh, would would do a lot better here.
2: Yeah, and and when we're thinking about those sort of things, and I know. We we've got water issues throughout the state, right? And there mm-hmm. are different yep. HOAs now that are that are kind of putting some rules in place as to how much or how little uh, of yard you can have that's grass. There are issues we can have when it comes to xeriscaping, too, right? It's not just, you know, killing off everything and putting down a whole bunch of rocks.
0: Right, yeah. And and this is going to be an ongoing topic, a trend that you are going to see in the landscaping industry over the next five to ten years because of the broader conversation that's happening around water, um, not only in the state of Colorado, but throughout the entire West Western U.S. This conversation about water is ongoing, and you know, as the federal government gets involved, we're going to have less and less water that we're allowed to use in Colorado, which then will impact Colorado Springs, which will then impact your your local landscape. So, um, there are more restrictions coming, Um, and uh, I would say over the next you know five to ten years, there are going to be some significant changes to what you are allowed to put in your yard when it comes to sod and grass. Um, so, all of that to say, when we talk about Xeriscape, Xeriscape uh, is going to be something that uh, you're going to need to take a look at. And by Xeriscape, what I don't mean is the rock across your whole front yard uh, and forget it. That's it. You know, right, a right. sea of rock. <laughs> um, you know, you can do a lot of things with a Xeriscape to really make it aesthetically pleasing, um, to help cool off the space. Um, And really to provide uh, something that is going to work with our climate, with your yard, all of those kind of things. So kind of what I mean by that is, you know, if you have a front yard and you're like, hey, I just want to rock it. Okay, well, we could just rock it and that's going to cost X amount. But really for not too much more, we could imagine maybe four or five boulders kind of placed throughout that. Maybe there's a meandering creek bed that comes down through the middle of this 30 by 30 space. Uh, Maybe we come and do some of the boulders and the meandering dry creek bed, and then maybe we add some ornamental grasses in there. Maybe we add some Russian sages in there. Uh, Maybe we add a tree or two, again, to kind of help cool the space. Uh, Maybe we do some berms on either side of that creek bed uh, to give us a little bit more of that height and that definition. And now what we've done is we've taken four or five extra elements and we've brought them into the Xeriscape to where it's not just a sea of rock. Now is everything rocked and covered? And yes, but it's not gonna be just this ugly mess in your front yard. It's gonna be really aesthetically pleasing. It's gonna be lower maintenance, and tying it back to the water, uh, you know, conversation is gonna use a lot less water than if you had uh, just put down sod in that same thirty by thirty area, because really all you're watering is a drip system at that point for those trees, shrubs, that kind of thing.
2: So, so, and I, I, I know we've had these conversations before. We've uh, we've kind of talked a little bit about the concept of edging, mm. right? And and the edging that goes in when a contractor is just you know getting your home taken care of versus what we really ought to have down as edging. What are what are some of the biggest mistakes you see folks make in that area?
0: Don't use plastic edging. There you go. <laughs> That's the biggest one. Uh, you know they still sell it at the big box stores. And I'm just shocked here because people keep buying it and it does not work. Uh, It might work for a month or two, but as we go through a whole season of the freeze-thaw cycle, that plastic edging pops up out of the ground uh, and then just looks really, really terrible uh, in your yard. So, Um, I know uh, some people, you know, who are listening to this are probably laughing out loud because they have experienced this. They've tried putting in plastic edging because it was cheaper and it was a good option at the time. Uh, But just is one of those things that just does not work well in Colorado. So some of your other edging options uh, to prevent that blunder might be uh, some of your metal edgings. Right. So there's a roll top metal edging. Um, Doesn't look super awesome. But is functional and does the job. There's some other metal edgings that you'll see at those box stores. You know, something like a, a green edging or a brown metal edging. Um, those are, you know, they look a little bit nicer, but still kind of in that same vein of metal edging. Um, but really, you know, if you can spend a little bit of extra money, uh, stamped concrete edging really is what we would recommend. Uh, Stamped concrete edging is poured in place one continuous piece of concrete that is stamped and colored um, and basically provides about a, you know, four or five inch border between your grass and between your mulch or between your grass and your rock, kind of the different areas of your yard. Um, Aesthetically. It looks like a million bucks. I mean, it looks super nice. And then functionally, it also does a really good job of keeping those uh, grass runners from growing Mm -hmm. into your mulch and your rock. So it's super functional as well. So when something's functionally really good and aesthetically really high, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, yes, like we absolutely recommend that. You're gonna spend a little bit more on it, but really, from a cost perspective, it's not that much more than putting in some of those metal edgings that we were talking about earlier. So uh, yeah, we we highly recommend uh, installing the stamped concrete edging uh, edging. That's a really good option for you um, and helps avoid that plastic edging blunder
2: <laughs> and 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 one of those other pieces here um, as well, and again, I know we've talked about it before. I'd love to uh, to have the listeners hear these things again. There are some do's and don'ts when it comes to your weed barriers as well, especially as they relate to mulch versus rock and that sort of thing.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So we do not recommend putting fabric underneath your mulched area. And that's because mulch is an organic matter. And what's going to happen is that over time, organic matter does what? It decomposes. So as it decomposes, it actually creates this uh, thin layer of really rich soil And then what happens is you have those weed seeds blow in and you start having weeds grow on top of your weed barrier fabric. And then you just have a big mess on your hands because you have weeds growing up and you have your mulch and it just gets to be a big problem. And so we do not recommend putting that weed barrier fabric underneath your mulch areas. Instead, you want to keep your mulch thick. And by thick, I'm talking three to four inches thick. And what that will do is it'll help kind of uh, make a little bit of a mat on the ground to keep that weed uh, growth to a minimum, are you going to get some weeds? Yep, you are going to get some, uh, just by virtue of areas that are getting maybe some drainage or areas that are getting that overspray uh, from your yard. So you will still get some of that weed growth going on. Now, when we talk about weed barrier fabric and the right way to 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 use that is going to be underneath uh, your rock areas. So if you have some decorative rock areas, for example, you definitely want to use a commercial weed barrier fabric underneath that rock area because it's, the rock is not going to decompose, um, and that will help prevent that weed growth in those rock areas.
2: Awesome. You know, the the that question, you know, I see oftentimes that'll come up is the, the overwatering-underwatering issue because – we can overwater without intending to at times, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So that's just where you want to really dial in your different zones and your irrigation controller, maybe upgrade your irrigation controller. Maybe as you're planning for 2023, you could upgrade your irrigation controller uh, to a smart controller or to something you can control on your phone. And for example, you know, you might have one zone of your yard that you're watering 20 minutes and you might have another zone that you're watering seven minutes because the water needs are that different based on your front yard, backyard, side yard, sun, Uh, you know, exposure, not sun, slope, not slope, all those things.
2: Yeah. So it's not just a uh, a Ronco rotisserie set it and
0: forget it kind of a thing that I should be doing with my system. Yeah. Don't be setting it and forget it. And uh, you too, Andrew, don't be setting it and forget it either. (laughs) Uh, I love it. Well, folks,
2: we are up against that final break in today's show. When we come back, We are going to talk about some of those other things we need to be considering when it comes to our 2023 landscape budgets and projects. So stick around. We will be right back.
3: Are you worried about what's been going on in the markets and how it has affected your portfolio? Maybe you need a financial checkup. If you have questions about the health of your financial future, call FRS Financial Group at 719 500 8700 to schedule your complimentary checkup. And remember to tune into Money Matters presented by FRS Financial Group here on KRDO, Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday at noon. Products and services offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. folks thanks for
2: sticking around with us through that break we are in studio today here on money matters with andrew rogers and with ben fisk of fisk lawnscapes uh ben before we really jump into this uh this last segment here it is winter uh one of the things that landscape companies oftentimes do in winter is snow removal and uh you, you might have some openings for, for some folks if they're looking for a little extra winter work. Is that right?
0: We do. Yep. So we offer commercial snow removal. We don't do residential snow removal, but we do commercial snow removal. And uh, like we were talking about earlier, you know, that shoveling, uh, you know, sidewalks and putting down that ice melt and all those really important things to help keep businesses and uh, schools and churches and those kind of places open uh, when it snows. Because when, you know, we do get some of that cold weather and we want to help prevent that snow and ice from developing for these commercial sites uh, to really help them uh, continue to do business and for people as they're coming and going just to to, to be safe
2: yes yeah the the removal of liability is always a, a good thing in there it is if, if folks are are looking for right that that whether it's an extra job or, or I've got uh, you know a high school kid that needs something to do over the winter how how do they find out hey, can, can we get in touch at Fisk?
0: Absolutely, yeah. So anybody who's interested uh, in, in helping out with any of that kind of stuff or looking for full-time you know, landscape work or anything like that and you know, interested in what a career in landscaping might look like, there's always opportunities. And they can reach out to our office at 719-495-6300. Again, 719-495-6300. Or on our website at FiskLawnScapes.com. FiskLawnScapes.com. And and as
2: a as a dad of teenagers, um, I would highly recommend you send your teenagers over there. Let them learn things, and then they can maybe come apply some of that in your own yard. Exactly. If well,
0: exactly. They can come learn with us, and then uh, take it home to mom and dad and re-landscape their yard over the summer.
3: <laughs>
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it.
1: And of course, those uh, contact numbers, the phone number, the website, also the way to uh, maybe start some of those discussions as far as that planning, things like that we've talked about to to maybe get that ball rolling now and get everything going ahead of the upcoming busy months.
0: Absolutely. Actually, you know, over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've had kind of an increase of people kind of calling and reaching out as they are starting to think about those projects now for next year. Uh, so it is a great time to reach out and to start that conversation. Um, you know, a couple of things that you. Want To think about as you're making that call, as you're having somebody come out to your house, uh, we do always recommend, you know, looking at uh, having a couple of different folks come out uh, because you want to like whoever is going to be doing your Mm -hmm. yard. You know, sometimes these projects can take two, three, four, five, six weeks, and you know, this contractor and their teams are going to be here, uh, you know, a part of your life for for a bit a bit of time. And so, uh, you know, first you just kind of want to see, hey, do I do I like this contractor? Do I like this landscaper? Uh, is definitely something to look at. And then, you know, as you go through the process, you'll learn more about the company and you'll learn more about kind of how, how they do some things. Uh, but you do definitely want to check into uh, things like, do they have any professional certifications? Uh, we belong, for example, to ALCC, the Associated Landscape Contractors of Colorado. And, uh, you know, being a part of an organization like that Gives us some credibility. I serve on that state board as well. And that's kind of looking at landscaping from a state perspective and a lot of the different things that are coming down about water and some different things like that. But again, as you're making a decision about what company to go with, looking at some of those kind of things do they belong to any of those types of organizations? Do they belong to the Better Business Bureau? Do they have a good reputation online? Uh, you know, just kind of some of those basic things as you're checking out uh, you know, which which company to use, then certainly you're gonna be looking at and comparing designs and you're gonna be saying, Hey, I really like this design that Ben did and I don't love this design that Rick did uh or whatever the case may be, right? So yeah. uh kind of looking at some of those things and looking at the budget too and uh you know as this Uh, As we talk about money matters, you know, uh, are we preparing, are we saving some money now each month? So we're going to save money in December, January, February, March, so that by the time we get to April or May, we now have the full funds necessary to go ahead and pay for whatever these improvements are. And so I think that's why a lot of people this time of year start reaching out to us as well, is because these are people who are budget conscious and they're like, hey, we want to do this project in six months. We need to know what it's going to cost. Uh, and so, you know, these are all kind of things, uh, reasons why now's a great time to start thinking about what you might want to do in your yard, uh, you know, come next year. And again, uh, if you wait until May to do this, Andrew then it's we're going to be booked out three, four months. Uh, so if you want to get it done early in the spring, uh, you want to get on our calendar ASAP. Yeah.
1: And that's something too, you know, you mentioned kind of that budgeting and planning processes. Is it also something that uh, you might be able to do in stages or is it something better just to kind of bite the bullet and do it all at once? Like say, you know, let's do the big bulk of it one season, but then we'll take this area of crushed rock and maybe upgrade it to the paved p- Stone or to concrete maybe a year or two, or is it better just to get it all done and one step?
0: Yeah, so the answer is
1: it depends.
0: It's like an attorney.
1: You know, I know that's Rick's favorite answer. So uh <laughs>
0: it uh it depends, Andrew. Uh you know, we definitely do things in stages and sometimes mm-hmm. that works out really, really well. You could do a backyard, then a side yard, then a front yard, something like that. Uh, or I love your example too of, hey, I want this pathway. Um, But for now, all I can uh, afford in terms of my budget is a uh, crushed stone or a breeze product and maybe a year or two down the road. I'd love to do stamped concrete on this pathway. So we're going to come back and we're going to plan for this Mm -hmm. pathway maybe in a year or two down the road. Um, So something like that could be a phase one, phase two. Um, And then some people, too, uh, are going to, you know, do like an upgrade a year or two down the road where they can come in and add $10,000, $15,000 $10,000, $15,000 worth of shrubs and trees, because you can spend a lot of money in shrubs and trees really quickly. <laughs> and so maybe you kind of do the do the bare bones at first, and then you're like, hey, we're going to plan for some additional, you know, we want to do seven more trees kind of at the back of our property, uh, but we can't afford that this year, so we're going to do that next year. So certainly we talk with uh, people all the time about phases, and we've had some customers where we've done, man, probably four or five, diff- six different phases. And so definitely something that that we can look at.
2: Awesome. you know one of the one of the other things that uh, I, I'm going to guess probably comes up from time to time, and, and it kind of runs into that phases sort of thing. Are there things that you know, folks that could could say, "Hey, if you've got time on the schedule now, you guys could come out and do X, Y, Z because it's winter, so we're not necessarily planting new trees right now, but." We can come do this phase now. When we get to the spring, we do that one. When we get to midsummer, we finish it this way.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So um, anything within kind of the hardscaping realm, we do all winter, right? So we have crews that are working most of the winter. Um, and so, you know, even on, on, on colder days like what we've been having this week, we've had crews out, right? And so um, definitely something to look at in terms of retaining walls, maybe some patio spaces, uh, fire pits. Um, anything that kind of falls in that hardscape realm, um, you know, retaining walls, for example, um, you know, that project could take a week or two. Um, so then come springtime when we need to come in and just do the soft scape. So the soft scape, meaning things like your trees, your shrubs, uh, your sod, uh, maybe some irrigation, some of those things. Um, then we'd come back in and we could do that a lot quicker come springtime. Uh, so we kind of would split it between a winter phase and then a spring phase.
1: Yeah, and one of those hardscape things is one. I know this is a conversation you and I had a couple years ago in an empty dirt lot behind a new house is when it comes to concrete, even if you may be thinking about it, it's always better to maybe add a little bit more instead of uh, kind of skimping, right? It is. Yep.
0: You, I never hear the complaint, my patio is too big the complaint that I hear is my patio is too small. And so if you're thinking, should I go, you know, 20 by 10 or 20 by 20, I'm going to tell you, go by, go 20 by 20. Uh, And so you always want a larger patio space. Uh, You know, people spend time on patios. Uh, It's kind of like the kitchen of the, of the outside, right? Uh, You know, having that space where people can hang out on the patio, uh, that's where they're going to naturally gravitate towards. And so, uh, yeah, we always recommend um, maybe upgrading your patio. You know, a lot of the builder patios just by way of reference are uh, eight by eight or eight by ten? Those are pretty tiny patios. You can barely set a four-person table on that and mm-hmm. walk around it. You probably can't even walk around it. Um, and so we often will see as people upgrade their yard and look at those r- landscape renovations, which we do a lot of between the new builds and the re- uh, the renovations. Is you know people are like. I want a bigger patio. That's probably one of those number one requests, you know, in terms of when we're going out and talking with somebody, they're like, for sure, we need to upgrade this patio. I want, you know, the length of my house. And I want it 15 feet out because I want to do a grill. I want to do, uh, you know, a pergola. I want to do a sitting area. I want to do a fire pit. And I want concrete underneath all of it, right? So we might go in and uh, even do something bigger than 20 by 20. I mean, you know, you could have an 800 square foot patio pretty easily by the time you start doing all this outdoor mm-hmm. kitchen stuff.
2: And and as someone who has gone that direction before in a, in a prior house, you know, where we took the, the old deck off and you guys poured what was what used to be a wraparound deck into a wraparound uh, patio. One of the big reasons that we did that, one was the maintenance side of everything, right? Because there, there's all that. I've got to, you know, clean the deck. I've got to strip the deck. I've got to reseal the deck. I don't have to do that all the time with my patio, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Patio is going to be way less maintenance than a deck will be. And deck is going to be more expensive on the front end as well. There's still a place for decks, and we design decks, and we have carpenters that we work with and, and can refer for decks because sometimes. A deck is the right decision for that, uh, you know, particular homeowner, uh, but a lot of times a patio will do a lot better just because of that idea of the the maintenance side of things, um, and it's just gonna long term you might have to reseal it every now and again, but other than that, it's gonna be pretty low on the maintenance side of things.
2: And and being able to do that stamped and stained concrete on that patio really putting whatever design you want on there that that also takes into consideration the way the home looks mm-hmm. and and is very complimentary. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like that adds a massive cost to everything, right?
0: No, it really doesn't. I mean, you know, you can stamp and stain that patio for just a little bit more than what that gray concrete would cost. But the end product is you get something really, really nice. And there's different stamps out there like you were alluding to as well, right? So you can do, uh, you know, maybe like a, uh, Victorian slate type look if, if that's kind of what your house looks like. Uh, you could do an ashlar pattern. Uh, you could do something maybe uh, that's like random flagstone pattern. You could do one of our favorites that we do a lot of is what we called old granite. And it's just a textured pattern, um, but it's just super, super nice. And there's other things you can do with the colors as well, right? You can do, uh, you know, a darker color border and a lighter color interior. You can do, you know, your browns if you have a lot of browns going on. But gray right now is really, really in, right? So Mm -hmm. we've done a lot that are like dark gray and light gray combo. Uh, You know, several years ago when terracotta was the thing, Mm -hmm. you can do terracotta or your reds. Um, So there's just so many different options that you have with concrete um, and then, you know, also just to mention pavers, pavers are a really good option as well. So if you're like, I don't really want concrete and I don't want a deck, what else you got? Uh, you know, pavers are a great option as well. And you can do some really um, just artistic, it's a little bit softer feel look. Uh, so again, from a design perspective, uh, maybe you need a, a paver patio as well. And that's something that we could look at.
2: So I can, uh, I, I know we talked about this a, a few years ago when we were getting that done. Um, we, we can do some pretty, pretty customizable things, right? I could, I could put a giant Cubs logo on my patio if I wanted, right? Uh,
0: you know, if you want it, I'm sure we could figure it out. Yep. <laughs> yep. Indeed.
2: Uh, awesome. Well, what, what are some of those other things? I know we've got just a little bit of time here left. What are some of those other things that maybe we haven't gotten into yet that, that the listeners really need to know about when it comes to the landscape this time of year and, and looking forward into 2023? Yeah.
0: So we already talked about winter watering, but just definitely want to reiterate that the number one thing you can do for your yard this time of year, winter water, winter water, winter water, 40 degrees and above, and every three to four weeks, super important. Um, Also, great time of year to trim your evergreens. So say they're touching the ground, and you just are doing a little bit of corrective pruning, not even hiring a tree company, just do a little bit of that uh, corrective pruning. Definitely want to do that this time of the year. Don't do that in the summer. Uh, And then the last thing that I would say is remulching. We haven't talked about remulching yet. Great time of year to remulch. And the reason that uh, this is a good time is because by adding some mulch and thickening it up, say from an inch or two to up to three or four or five inches is that you're actually helping protect those roots of those shrubs and the perennials. And you're kind of putting a blanket on them for the winter. So it's a great time of year to put a blanket on your plants by remulching.
2: Awesome. Well, Ben, if folks do have questions, if they want to get in touch, if they want to start planning things, how do they reach out to you guys again?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You can reach out to our office or you can jump online at fisklawnscapes.com, fisklawnscapes.com. There's a free estimate form that you can fill out there, uh, or you can call the office at 719-495-6300. Again, 719-495-6300. And we'd love to chat with you.
2: Awesome. Well, Ben, thank you for joining us for uh, again me. this uh, this week. Uh, good to be in the studio Indeed. with you yes. this time. Folks, that is all the time we've got for this edition of Money Matters. Remember, we will be back again next week, continuing to talk about your money because your money matters. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.